What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, baby. Hello, my love. We are back once again for a conversation surrounding sex. Uh, <laughs> surrounding it, though. Surrounding sex. Never quite touching it. <laughs> just surrounding just a it. A tease. And watching. Um, uh, it is a Monday morning here mm-hmm. in our beautiful little home studio. Mm-hmm. And last night, we... Had another little couple's getaway. We sure did. It's been about a month and a bit, right? Because the last time we did that was um, for your birthday. Yep. And we went to Windhorse, Mm -hmm. which was really nice. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to step it up. And this time, we decided to get a hotel less than three kilometers (laughs) away from our home. But why would we do such a crazy thing? Well, it's funny is because I... So we, we had plans. We were going to go somewhere else, but whatever. Um, we decided not to because it's like off-season, winter, that like town wherever we were going to go was dead. And it was a Sunday. And I told Becca, because Becca knows that Sundays are like like Bridie and Jeremy Day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she was like, so where are you guys going? And I was like, oh, we are getting a hotel here in Halifax. And she was like, well, what's the fucking point of uh. that? 
Uh, which, which I, which I was like, you know what? You're right. What the fuck is the point of that? And I felt that when I was clicking confirm on the reservation and I called out to you from our bedroom, I said, is this a stupid idea? (laughs) But there was a, a feeling. Well, and then I told Taylor that that's what was happening. I was like, Hey dude, I need some stuff for like the sick boy episode. Um, my wifi might be sketchy cause I'm staying in a hotel. <laughs> and he said, where are you at? And I said, I said the Atlantica, which is here in Halifax. And he goes, what are you guys role playing? Like businessman slash hooker type deal. <laughs> <laughs> role playing. Uh, but no, we were not. Brady, why don't you explain why we did? Because you, you did explain it. Cause I said, well, why don't we just stay at home mm-hmm. and like, and make a date night here? Yeah. But the thing is that. We can go out on a date and we can go to movies, which we love to do together. And we can go to a movie and we, or we can have a nice dinner and it can be a really great time. But then I, the two things I saw this playing out in this way is that we would come home from our date and then I would go to bed because I like to go to sleep nice and early. And you would probably sit in here in the studio and do some work. And there's just yeah. something so anticlimactic about that. And I knew we weren't going to drive out of town. Um, which would take us away from work. It kind of gives that sense that you're doing something a little bit exotic and you wake up in the morning and it's like, ah, here we are in these fluffy pillows. So that's kind of why I... It's, I mean, it's just really, it's just as simple as getting out of your routine space. Yeah. And I think for people who have been in a relationship for long term and you have mutual responsibilities like taking care of a house and a dog and blah, 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 and you work together, it's nice to get out of the four walls that contain all of your responsibilities yeah. and duties to each other. Because at the core of it, we're so much more than that as a couple or, you know, it's hard to touch base with those um, uh, initial feelings that happen at the beginning of a relationship where you're like, we, this is why we connect and this is why we're friends. And it can be really easy to get overrun, I think, with Mm -hmm. responsibilities and stuff. So to be able to step away from that and the cat that wakes us up every morning at 6am. And, you know, I think that this is actually one of the things that I have a lot of people often ask when it comes to like Becca and I and Guy and you, Um, (laughs) people ask like, well, you're, you spend... X amount of time with Becca and Bridie spends X amount of time with Guy. Um, like, how does that, how does that affect the time that you guys spend together? And I think that what we're, what we're doing in these, like taking these little getaways, these trips, even if they're still within the city that we live in, yeah, that's like our way of, of maintaining like a really special connection. Um, even though I feel like our home is a pretty special little space and like coming in here and recording this is a really special time too. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that we, we did that. Cause I had a really enjoy, I had a really nice night last night. Yeah. And to wake up and not feel the immediate need to get out of bed and feed the animals and, and like make your own bed. And like, you can just like throw your towels on the floor. Nobody, yeah. And it's totally okay to like do the piss play that we're super into I was just gonna and say. not have to worry about the cleanup. Yeah. And, uh, and that is why we do that. So moving forward uh, to some listener mail. Actually, we're going to keep this 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 foreplay segment uh, a nice bit and short, nice and tight, nice and high tight. and tight, um, uh, because uh, the conversation that we had for this week's episode was a little bit longer than normal, and and we absolutely love it. So let's move straight on to uh, some listener 
email. Go for it, Some baby. Fan questions. You read that. You read the uh, shit out of that email. I'm going to read it so hard. Read it hard, baby. Okay. That's weird. Um, so this comes in from a gentleman named Tyler. I'm writing today with a question, and I'm hoping you and other listeners can help out. Okay. That's so a shout out to you guys. He's looking for your help, people. Listen up. My wife and I really enjoy watching porn together. The trouble is, as I'm sure you know, most porn actually kind of sucks, especially if you're looking for female-friendly movies. We are very big fans of Erica Lust and have pretty much exhausted her entire catalog. After hearing your episode with the folks from MakeLoveNotPorn.tv, that also caught our attention. So, we've got those two covered, but we're always on the hunt for more. Are there other female porn directors you might recommend? Any must-see movies or series, particularly for couples or feminists, we should check out. Is there a hidden trove of couple-friendly porn on the web that offers much more than just boring 20-minute blowjob scenes over and over again? Thanks for your time, Tyler. Well, Tyler, thanks for your question. Great question. Um, I don't know if I'm the best... uh, I don't know if I'm the best to, to answer this, which I'm Tyler. I'm glad you threw it to the, to the, to the listeners. So listen, if you're listening to this right now and you just heard what, what Tyler asked and you're like, Oh shit, I got you covered. Check this out. Um, either send us a message or, or leave a comment on the, on the blog posts that we put on our Facebook page, mm-hmm. uh, or leave a comment in the blog. Um, but I'll, I'll bang out to, recommendations that I have. The first one, which I don't think is really going to cut it. See, this is what I love. I'm really into like really good looking porn. Mm-hmm. I mean like really beautifully shot porn. Um, and the two that I'm about to recommend are, are primarily focused on like the cinematography of, of like really quality cin- cinematography. So X art is one. And I know that X art is like kind of female friendly. Like if I was working at excitement video, like I did back in the day uh-huh. and someone came in and said, Hey, do you have any, uh, like, um, female friendly or like couple friendly porn? I would probably point them to the X art section if there was one at the store. Um, X dash art.com. And actually you can actually find their stuff on Pornhub. They have like videos on there and on anywhere else you would like any t- porn tube websites. You can watch their shit there, but it's like really gorgeous people, really gorgeous sets, uh, very well shot, um, never really super hardcore. Uh, so if you're looking for like a little bit more on the bondage side of things or a little bit more sort of, um, intense in terms of the sex, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty vanilla really. Um, but then the other one that I would recommend, and this is super, I'm super into this. It's called Four Chambered Heart, and Becca actually put me onto this. They uh, they are basically like a crowdfunded porn provider, and their whole thing is like they they were like a bunch of like like film school nerds who are like let's make some really really good looking porn, and they started a Patreon page. Their Patreon f- exploded um, like a, just a big old facial. Just huge explosion of money on their face. On their face, and um, and so their movies are are uh, they're not necessarily like catered to female or couple friendly, but they are fucking gorgeous. 
super fucking hot and and unlike probably unlike any porn you've ever watched definitely worth checking out uh you can find them like if you just look up for chambered heart patreon you could find them there if you googled that or their website is a for chambered heart.com a for chambered heart.com f-o-u-r for four um so I i would say check those out I am not much of a porn watcher. I don't have anything against it, but it just doesn't, uh, I just, it just takes me way too long to decide what to watch. So I did some extensive research, uh, for you for this question. And by that, I mean, I Googled it for two and minutes. then, and then I went all the way to page four of the results. <laughs> But actually, the most useful one was the first link. Um, And what I Googled, for whatever reason, I read your email and immediately was like, oh, Google feminist porn. Because I know that that's what I think of Erica Lust is is like a feminist uh, pornography. You're you're familiar with Erica Lust, right? Yeah, because we had talked about one at a time uh, starting our own uh, feminist pornography production company. That's right. Did did I ever tell you about my idea of the, the reason why I would get into porn? So I am, uh, you know, I don't have like a, a extraordinarily large penis by any means. It's a very, very average dick. I think it's above average. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, but, uh, I I feel pretty confident in my sexual abilities, right? So that's, that's one thing, Mm -hmm. but here's the thing. Here's what I would bring to the table that I think would like kind of shoot me to the top. Your clown skills. (laughs) It would shoot you right to the top. I'd be the best mime porn artist. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I feel like I, I could be, I could very well become the best porn actor. Oh yeah, in the land. Yeah, totally. I would be like, I would be winning the Oscars of porn. Every year, it doesn't hurt that your body is is what what all like pornography is seeking. Oh, except unless it's like overweight porn, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm like I'm kind of on the if you're looking seeking for like slightly underweight porn. But anyway, continue, Erica Lust. uh, I I totally fucking derailed (laughs) what you were saying. Yeah, you just wanted me to (laughs) talk about how your penis is larger than average. No, you honestly fish for every opportunity. I've never fished for that. You're the one who always fucking puts it out there. Anyway, until. Christ. We open our Patreon. <laughs> this, is this is making me sound like such a dick. Um, until we get our Patreon going and Jeremy and I start making our own porn videos for our highest paying subscribers. Oh, wow. That's a large statement. Okay. Well, um, until that moment, there is a... Erica Les does have a, um, a little like part of her company called X Confessions where you can... I think this is a super cool idea. It is fucking cool. Um, submit your fantasies and she will turn them into short films. I don't know what the price tag is on that, but what a cool, um, anniversary gift or Valentine's day. If you celebrate that shit, um, just like that's kind of a cool gift idea, something totally unique that you and your partner can also masturbate to. And that website is, uh, X, the letter X confessions.com. Mm hmm. Other than that, we don't really know, but resources would say check out like feminist um, porn awards and stuff like that. If you can find resources just by kind of Googling um, who's getting recognized for the work. Good call. And uh, I believe like the AVN awards, they they probably do um, like best couples porn um, uh, movie. They probably do like best uh, female friendly movie. Like they probably have those... um, uh, those categories like in their in their awards mm-hmm. so yeah there's probably some good shit there yeah 
Um, but, but again, listeners, step in. Let us know. Like, let us know what you know. Yeah. And this is totally just a not really what you asked for, but one thing that I have enjoyed doing in the past with partners is um, rather than porn, reading uh, erotic literature out loud to each other. Because for me, a huge part of sharing pornography with partner is the audible aspect of it. And Mm. that really turns me on. So there is something about uh, saying things out loud um, that lets you off the hook a little bit for not having to do your own dirty talk, but can be extremely Mm -hmm. erotic. And if you want to really like mix it up, um, read children's literature in a really erotic tone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apparently that is just off the walls hot. Also, you can go out into the neighborhood and dress all in black and spy on other people having sex. (laughs) (laughs) Just if you want to really mix it up. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just think outside the box. Uh, Okay, well, uh, that's enough of that. Let's throw it to this week's conversation. Uh, We are talking all about Bisexuality, pansexuality, sexual fluidity, cisgender, coming out, uh, coming out, like all this cool stuff. Uh, and I, I, I'm not gonna lie, I honestly, I think I feel like this is one of, for me personally, this was one of the most important conversations we've ever had on the podcast because I learned so fucking much and I felt really, um, I, I, I felt more comfortable in my own skin. Mm hmm. Sexually, yeah. After listening to to Tia talk to us, I mean, also totally fucking in love with her. Uh, if you ever die, Bridie, Tia is taking your spot on Turn Me On, and if I ever die, she better goddamn take my spot. Well, she wants to be a sexual therapist, and mm-hmm. I would love mm-hmm. you know whenever I think that's like fourteen more years of school for her. But I think when that happens, she should definitely be um, our resident. A therapist. Oh my God! Maybe she can come on a retreat with us. Yeah, yeah. Our, our, our hedonist uh, porn sex retreat. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, so enjoy uh, this week's episode, and we'll see you, uh, Mother Lickers, on the other side. Oh God! Don't do that. Oh, don't do that. Stop that. <laughs> a dom sub situation yeah, absolutely yeah yeah you have control over when mm-hmm. that gets turned on yeah. yeah yeah and when you get turned on you know? I, had, I was imagining too of myself i was at we were at a party um a while ago together i don't remember where it was and i was in the middle of a conversation that was a little bit heavy with yeah. someone like a private conversation and i was so glad that i didn't have it in a wee vibe at that at that moment because i was like if 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 jeremy hit the button on that and i just started like giggling yeah, oh my god I got, <laughs> especially if it was on too hard like yeah. when you if you start going home yeah like oh my god like that would hurt mm-hmm. oh yeah oh. yeah Noted. Yeah. 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 It is. It's, it's so cool, though, that we live in the future. I, that's my, mm. one of my favorite things is mm. how fucking rad is that, that we can be like, oh, yeah, sex toys that are that are being controlled via a phone from the other side of the planet. Yeah. And that is. You can have a relationship thing. with anybody in the world. Yeah. Yeah. A, a yeah I think you can only sync the We Vibe with one lover, though. I think okay. that's one of the. 
the downsides. Oh, yeah, I think so. I would check in. Like that's interesting. Yeah, if that is the case, they would for sure want to check that out. I don't. Would they though? For financial purposes, they'd be like, no. Yeah, you Uh, need several. uh Yeah, you need one for each of your partners. Yeah, yes, that makes sense. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Very smart. Good for them. Very smart. Uh, Speaking of sex. Wow. Welcome to is it Tia? <laughs> yeah. Tia, welcome to welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm stoked. Uh, I'm stoked. <laughs> now Jeremy's been talking about this all I, day. This is why I'm stoked. Okay. Because so uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Bridie does most of the bookings. Yes. It's this crazy thing where I do all the bookings for Sick Boy, like mm-hmm. for the most part. And I would always like send the, the you know, the information to like Brian and Taylor, the other two that, yes. I, that I record the podcast with. And they'd always, and when it comes to the day of recording, they're always like, uh, who, what are we recording today? Who are we recording with? And I'm always like, guys, get your shit together. How do you fucking not know this yet? And now that Bridie's taking my job for this, I'm always like, so what are we recording who, today? Who is this? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, it's yeah. the same fucking thing. Who am I? But, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you are here to talk to us about, um, or at least you dabble in terms of like uh, a, a academic standpoint in the world of bisexuality. Yes. Yeah. I am so fascinated by bisexuality. Yeah. Because I feel a little bisexual sometimes. Yeah, don't we all? And I feel <laughs> like I feel like there's this um and I I don't think I'm alone in this. I think that there's this really um crazy stigma surrounding the idea of bisexuality. Yeah. As if it's this thing that cannot exist. Yes. It's very like everybody, or not everybody, but there's a there's a, a very broad brush that gets painted that says that it's black and white. You're one or you're the other. You're gay or you're straight or you're n- neither. Yes. But bisexuality, like you can't just, you can't sit on the fence. Yeah, you can't have best of both worlds sort of thing. Yeah. You're greedy, you're a slut. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't choose a side. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that way of thinking is actually so far behind us at this point where we are in the in our culture's like sexual evolution because I had an older sister, she's since passed away, but she was she identified as bisexual and I remember just like the adults in my life being totally perplexed by that. And now I have a little sister, uh this is like 15 years later who came out as gay. But now she lives with her boyfriend in New yeah. Zealand, and it's just like okay. So there's something. There's something we've just we've accepted the fact that mm-hmm. now to piggyback on that point, and maybe this, and and I hope this is we can get into this at some point. Yeah, we don't have to dive into it right away. But I feel like for females, it is very much accepted that females will dabble with the same sex. And and dabble with the opposite sex, mm-hmm. whereas with males it's this thing where it's like, what? No, you you no, like that's not how it works. You're either gay, you're either a gay male, or you're a straight male, or you're asexual, or whatever. Whatever, but it does not like you can't have the best of both worlds because that just doesn't exist. I hear what you're saying, right? And so. What the fuck's up with that? <laughs> well, well, I mean, well, okay. Well, if you think of what is sexy, like who is framing what is sexy? Right. It's not generally women. It's usually, it's a patriarchal society that says 
two girls. One cup. Like, yeah. Got <laughs> oh, it. Oh, my God. Got it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not okay, going to that. Tia, I guess we're going somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Strap in, folks. <laughs> well, it was guys that probably came up with that, you yeah, know? Like, yeah, probably. It is dudes, like, porn. Even lesbian porn is not geared for women. Like, it's no. geared for, like, the ads on, like, Pornhub, when you're looking at lesbian porn, are for penis enlargers. They're not – it's not for women. Um so yeah, I guess like for guys, like hetero cis dudes don't think that that's hot. So there's a way more stigma attached to the experimental phase or the, you know, dabbling, as you say, like for dudes. And as soon as that happens, like I could make out with a girl and it's like, oh, that's hot. Like you could try that. Uh, but as soon as a guy even like mentions kissing another guy or there's anything like then they're gay. Like it's yeah. it's very black and white, I find with men like we... Uh, women have been sexually repressed throughout history until bisexuality, I would say. We have the upper hand in terms of, mm-hmm. like, the actual liberation. Like, we can explore with different types of people, more so than guys, without that stigma and that labeling. And One yeah. for the women. Woo! Yeah. We got one. <laughs> we get one. <laughs> well, I, I had shared a story on the podcast. Early, it was the first episode where I, I kissed a guy and, I, and yeah. I fucking enjoyed that experience and I would do it again in a heartbeat. And I'm so happy you shared that. Um, like, but I didn't even think about it before I did. And then after I had told that story, actually, this was before we even um, published that episode. Mm-hmm. I was watching a video of this guy... On, on, uh, it was something on Facebook and it was this guy who identifies as bisexual and he was talking about the backlash that he gets in his life for being bisexual. And I had this feeling of like, oh no, yeah, am I, am I going to have to put up with this bullshit because I fucking kissed a dude? Um, and then thank, thank God we had like Stu Metz on the show and he was like, I love making out with dudes. And I was <laughs> yes, like, yes, yes, okay, I'm not alone. Yeah. Uh, you know, but yeah, I don't know. It just so. Do you think that that is something that comes from? Do you think that that is a that is perpetuated by, like the general or the typical male worldview? Yeah, like I, I mean, it's a man's world, as they say. But definitely in terms of what is sexy, like mm. a lot of like, and I'm thinking of you know what I've been with women. I'm I am queer. I identify as queer, um, and I've been with women, and they do certain things that like. Like, um, like rubbing each other's boobs together. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, that could be hot if you did it a certain way with like lube and nipples were touching and stuff like that. But it's something you see in porn mm. that I don't think is necessarily like overly pleasurable, but looks hot. Like, right, you right, know, right, like right. that looks hot. So, um, so I, you know, I asked that person, I was like, yo, why are we, why, why do you like, are you into this? And they're like, oh, you know, I, I saw, saw it before. And I'm like, well, who decided that that yeah. was hot? Because I'm not overly into this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be straight up. And, uh, you know, like, that's not, an, like, an overly erogenous zone for me. And maybe if you use your tongue or something, but just whacking our tits together. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Even you talking about it, I'm going, no, oh, that sounds weird. Yeah, but ha- <laughs> have you ever seen it? Like, uh, You know what? I, I, I am being fully honest. I think if I – I don't think I have ever watched two girls just rub their breasts together. And I think if I did, very honestly – I would probably go, what the fuck is this? uh, What's going on here? That to me, that's weird. I actually get, I really get off on when it comes to watching porn. I really get off on watch. I I actually don't enjoy watching lesbian porn because I like to see a guy having sex with a woman and I like to see both of them enjoying that. Um, because I think it's easier for me to place myself in that seeing another guy. I think when I watch two women, I'm like, 
I'm not a part of this. Like, yeah, I'm you know, the creepy guy in the I, corner. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. that dude with the cock in the corner. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, who isn't invited. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'm not invited to the party. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So, like, I mean, there's just, I, I don't know who came up with that. Like, I don't think, yeah. like, I think it was somebody without tits that came up with it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, I do think that sexuality is generally framed in the male guys sort yeah. of thing. Like, uh, girls who make out at parties with other girls, but... Um, want to do it in a room full of people, mm-hmm. not like in the privacy where they might, you know, do that with a male partner or something like that. Like mm-hmm. it's like, oh, guys are into this, so let's mm-hmm. do it in it's the performance. Public yeah, 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 and that and that has a whole other that plays into a whole other way of the legitimacy of bisexuality yeah. too. Yeah, it's funny you said that because, but I also do find that watching two girls make out is super hot. Oh, me too. <laughs> like it's really hot. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but watching anyone make out is kind of hot. I think. Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, let's take it back to, so Tia, why, what is it that, why, why can you speak this? What's your, what's your background? What's, uh, what's the, why are you here? Yeah, why am I here? So like my, fr- when I told my friends, for example, I am like the actual person who loves talking about sex and always have like, and my friends almost to an inappropriate point, like I'll bring it up over the dinner table. It's just very, um, if I notice something, I'll just bring it up because I've always been very interested in taboo topics that everybody experiences, but nobody talks about. So Amen to that. I've It's always been my jam, like ever since I was a little girl. And so my poor parents, like <laughs> if you're hearing this mom and dad, like it's, they are quite used to it because it's been this way for a long time. Um, I have a psych degree. My undergrad is in psychology and I wanted to do sex research and it wasn't really welcome at that level of academia. So I decided to do my master's in family studies and gerontology at the Mount. And I only did like, I went into that degree because the, the actual coursework is very, you know, it's very practical, but I had a supervisor who was doing same sex wedding planning research. So I knew she was sex positive And I was like, listen, this is something I want to look at. Um, bisexuality on its own instead of like lumping it together with gay and lesbian experience. Because when I came out, I looked at the research because I was a nerd and I was like, why am I experiencing all this like flack from the gay community? I didn't know what that was. So I wanted to research it. And um, yeah, so I did a qualitative master's thesis on bisexual coming out experiences and I've presented it in a number of ways. I went to Guelph. Um, They have a sexuality research conference there and I actually like immersed myself in that community because I can't find it here in Halifax. Um, And I've just done talks at the library and for um, doctors and things like that, like a medical panel. And yeah, so I've just, yeah. And you're, you're the, um, do you do uh, like a a thesis for your master's or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was like, it's 185 pages on bisexual experience. Yeah. Yeah, How was that received uh, in, by the community at large? uh, Oh, well, uh, people are interested. Like as soon as I, um, what I was worried about was recruitment actually, cause I needed six to eight, uh, participants to interview in depth. Like, and I was worried that I wasn't going to get anybody, but I think I got them in like five days and oh, I was going to take six and I got eight and I was like, well, I can't, I don't want to turn anybody away, but I had to, you know, qualitative research is actually quite, uh, strenuous. Four, four males, four females. No, I actually, it was all females oh. and that's, yeah, unfortunately it was all females. Uh, but we did talk about male experience, and I actually have male bisexual friends, too, that I get drunk with and talk about their experience all the time. So um, so I was able to, like, frame those conversations around my lived experience as a queer woman and then as my friends. Because I just have a lot—I roll with a lot of queer people, just 
naturally. So we talk about this stuff all the time. Can mm. I ask, um, this is probably going to come across really ignorant, but is queer not interchangeable with gay? Is queer more of like a broader umbrella than gay? I would say yes. Okay. Um, so the reason I use it, I was um, identifying as bisexual when I first came out. Uh, because I took human sexuality and I saw that word and it just like clicked in my body. I was like, oh my God, there it is. And it made more sense to me. Um, but queer is much more, when I say queer, people have to have a conversation with me about what that means. Like mm. you just did. So if I say bisexual, like what's the first thing that comes to mind? Like if You I, sleep with men and women. Yeah. Maybe at the same time. Uh, yeah. Maybe you'll sleep with me and my girlfriend. Like, yeah. And that happens a lot. Uh, so I stopped oh, wait, using that. You're not going to sleep with us when this <laughs> is done? Well, is that part Son of the deal? Of a bitch. <laughs> That's definitely part of the deal. That's part of the deal. Uh, this couch is quite comfy. So, yeah. um, so a lot yeah. has happened. <laughs> Bro, on this couch. <laughs> so yeah, I use that word because like what was happening as soon as I said the word bisexual. People kind of like labeled you or or had like, like a, a preconceived notion. Yeah, they thought they knew what that meant. And for me, um, it could like for me, it meant something very different than the participants that I interviewed, for example. Um, so I started using the word queer because it literally screws people's faces up and they're like, do I ask? Like it has to further that conversation instead of just being like, oh, you'll have threesomes. So mm. I use that word um, to not disclose my own gender or the gender of those that I'm Mm. interested in or fucking right um so for me it's just kind of forces that conversation as well so i like that instead of the word bisexual but yeah it really would depend on whoever's using it so a gay person could very well use it um but they would have their own kind of so there isn't a a general um like rule yeah or a general um um definition to the word queer no and i think when we talk about sexual fluidity, I think queer, that actual word allows for it. Right. Because when you say gay, like uh, you were saying your sister was gay and now she's with her boyfriend. Like if she had to use queer from the get-go, that wouldn't have raised any eyebrows. Right. Right. right, like, right. So it just, I think it's a more liberating mm. um, kind of term or label that folks can like kind of put themselves in a box, but not like be stuck kind of like in that gay or lesbian terminology mm -hmm. yeah. for people who don't know what uh the term sexual fluidity means yeah. uh what is what is that what is sexual fluidity so uh sexual fluidity is awesome and it's natural and a lot of people don't allow for it so that's something i really want to capitalize on but it's just how one's interests change over time what they're into uh who they're into like how frequently they're into those people like those things can all change as we age or with any new lived experience um, so for example, if someone was a lesbian, um, something that came up in my research, for example, was somebody was like a hardcore radical lesbian and she fought in the, um, in the gay liberation movement and the central strategy was coming out. So she was a lesbian and she was like, this is who I am. And she made it such a central part of her identity. And then she fell in love with a guy later on in life. And she's mm -hmm. like, but I fought so hard. <laughs> like, you know, I can't, how do I go back? Um, but her interests changed. And I think a lot of people don't allow for that, yeah. um, in their lives because they just either their sexual identity becomes so central to them, um, that they get stuck on it or they don't want to be stigmatized later in life. Like I'm a 50 year old having a midlife crisis and, right. you know, and that's, you know, it's just the way it goes. Like 
if you didn't know about subdom stuff until your fifties and that's when you finally want to get into it, then that mm. just makes sense. Right. So, so, uh, and, and, you know, cause honestly, these terms and, and like this, these conversations are new for me, even, yeah. even though we're doing this podcast, this is actually, this is the reason why we're doing this podcast is cause I find it fascinating. Um, so would sexual flu- fluid from your standpoint, would sexual fluidity for me, Jeremy, um, look like me being 29 and always being a sh- uh, identifying as a straight male, mm-hmm. but having an experience where I go, yeah, this guy at this party has asked me to kiss him and I am into it because he is a good looking fella and I bet he can kiss well and turns out he did. And I really. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Enjoyed it. Is that considered like sexual fluidity? I would say yes. Like, even if you aren't putting an identity on that, like you're yeah. not, not that you're saying you're bisexual, but that's a new sexual interest for you. Mm-hmm. It's maybe not one you had before, but because of this new lived experience, you're like, well, I would try this again. Right. Yeah. And also in terms of new lived experiences, I would offer as well that the circumstances you were in, had you been with me, you might not have been as open as the fact that you were there with your new girlfriend that's right. and that's already a new lived experience so it's kind of opening you in a particular way to maybe be more receptive to an advance like that Mm -hmm. interesting now does that make me bisexual no not necessarily no does that make me queer no not necessarily no so when somebody and i have this do you have do you have any friends that are like really really caught up in like whether somebody are, is gay or not? Yeah, totally. Like Stu Metz, for example. Like people were like, "Are you gay?" Like they need to know like it actually yeah. like is affecting Keeping their them lives up at night. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> it, it's actually going to affect their lives if that person's gay or not. Yeah. Um. So for me, uh, I do have people in my life who are very curious about whether or not the people in their life are gay, and they want the answer to the question, which also doesn't allow for sexual fluidity when you really need to know the like concrete answer because it's never concrete it's always in flux it's always in motion but and maybe not for everybody like some people are queer their whole lives or lesbians their whole lives and that's that's cool 
Um, but uh, yeah, I find like when you identify, like when you're the person who gives yourself the label, that's what it is. And that's right. the most important thing. So right. it's not when like somebody else you you know have anal sex with a guy for the fr- like that still doesn't make you gay like mm-hmm. it really doesn't if you feel you're a straight male um but you wanted to try some butt sex with a dude like there's and you just tried it maybe you liked it still doesn't mean you're gay right yeah that could just as easily be associated with the dom sub situation you yeah. want to be a sub in a situation with another man yep Interesting. This is all so fascinating. I love it. I do love it. Yeah. Well, it's just so legit to everybody. Like, sexual fluidity isn't just for queer people. That's the thing. Um, The interesting thing, though, because you're bringing up, like, the male-female kind of aspect, when I did my research, there was a lot of research that was done that said sexual fluidity is also much more um, apparent in women. So there were studies done where women were not really aware of what aroused them. So a photoplethysmograph. Do you know? Yeah. That's a big word. I'm it's sorry. A big word. Photoplethysmograph. <laughs> it's not a sexy word either. <laughs> it's like literally, it's like a tampon that goes in a vagina and measures the blood flow. So it can actually measure arousal in the vagina. Mm. So these were inserted in women, and um, they would show uh, different stimuli. So either like male on male, female on female hetero stuff, like neutral, to see what turned them on. And women would try to self-report what was turning them on. Um, and then they would actually take measurements of the blood flow. And women, it wasn't, they they just didn't know. They had no idea, which was really interesting. So they would huh. say, oh, that, you know, girl on girl stuff doesn't turn me on. But the photoplethysmograph would say otherwise. Whereas the males kind of always, they did know. So they were pretty sure what was turning them on. Um, so there's a lot of explanations for that. It's either because women um, are more malleable to, you know, those pressures of like, well, you know, girls can kiss and it's hot and that's cool. Right. Like it's either that or because dudes have played with their dicks their whole life and it's very physically obvious what's turning guys mm. on. Mm-hmm. Well, we interviewed. We're much more simple. Like, we're just a, <laughs> simple. Just Book walking down. around, just walking around <laughs> the thing between our legs. I just say, if it's hard, it's working, and if it's not, it's not. Essentially, that's what James Cantor was saying. Is when um, we were talking about, we interviewed the psychologist uh, who was talking about why kink uh, or sexual per- paraphilias, paraphilias, um, why they were more apparent in men, and it was because he was talking about how uh, women are more complicated in terms of what is associated with sex where men it's like pretty black and white and pretty simple for women. It's like, well, sex is kind of intertwined in everything in a Mm. woman's life, you know, in, and aspects of her personality. So it's really hard to separate out what's sexual. So that's a really, that's a new piece of the puzzle for me, what you're saying now. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, and like, Males are also encouraged at an earlier age to be sexual. So you guys can figure it out earlier. Like, yeah. you know, that, you, oh, when you play with yourself, it feels good, right? And they, like, people will have that conversation much more readily with a male than a female. And, but like, just because your vagina is turned on and blood flow is going there, uh, m- but maybe mentally you don't feel turned right. on, maybe those are two different things. Like, right. maybe your body is going, um, ready to have a baby, like, you know, do it to me. Uh, but your brain is like, I'm not really into that. But your your brain and your body are saying two different things. Yeah. And like sometimes like sex for me starts with my partner. Like I come coming home and my partner's 
cleaned my house. And I'm like, well, damn. Like, yeah. Take your pants off. This- and like for him, that doesn't make any sense. I know. You said that. I'm like, I can't even imagine the day I walk in and go, this place is clean. Let's bang. Yeah. You know, like, well, it's just because he did it. You yeah. know, like that yeah. for me is foreplay. That's like, right. Yeah, that's right. And it like for him, that's just him being a nice guy. And I'm yeah. like, oh my yeah. God, take off your pants. Like, yeah, right, right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. He doesn't yeah, hate it. That. So, yeah. Could I identify as queer if I wanted to? Yeah. Even yes, Bridie. Of course you can. Of course. You e- can do whatever you can do you whatever want. You want. <laughs> Even if I have no, like I don't, I'm not interested in necessarily having a relationship with a, a woman, but sometimes I wonder if in my old age, let's say Jeremy's not around anymore, uh, if I might just have a relationship with a woman that is non-sexual or maybe it will be, but we're just old ladies that live together and like. Like, I have a couple of friends in mind when I say that. And I'm like, that could happen. Um, and that could be, that's my, like, lifetime companion, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't actually come out as queer until I wanted a relationship with a woman. Okay. Um, so for me, that was an important benchmark to hit. But I had, like, made out with plenty of chicks. I had fantasized about female sex, even though I hadn't had any at that point. Um, so in my research, actually, one of the coolest findings that I had, I think personally, um, was uh, the bisexual threshold, which was different for the individual and as well as for the other people. So, for example, so you made out with a guy, um, and for some, that would constitute you as bisexual because you've reached that threshold, but for you, it hasn't. Mm, So, like, you wouldn't identify as bisexual until you actually dated a dude or something, like, whatever it would be for you. Um, so yeah, I, there is that kind of aspect of sexuality where people are like, okay, like when am I bisexual enough? Like when is it enough for me to use that as a label? Mm, right. Is the bisexual, bisexuality threshold, uh, per, like a generally a personal choice? Like, is that a, it's a, it's a personal thing that you done yourself or, or is there a sort of like guideline? I guess the, I guess the thing, the takeaway here is that there are no guidelines and, <laughs> and it's very purely personal. Yeah. It, and I would say, I mean, it's not something that anybody brought up. It was something that I found um, in my questioning. So I really had to like qualitative research is like interviewing people and then finding the commonalities and the themes. Right. Um, so you used grounded theory approach, which is like. Don't worry, it's it's very academic, but it's like, and boring in that way. But like I used, I was looking for keywords that people were using or when people realized that, because you guys ask all the time, when did you realize you were a sexual being? One of the questions I asked was, when did you realize you were queer or bisexual or however it is, pansexual or um, the qualifier for my research was same sex and different sex attractions. So they didn't have to identify as bisexual. They just had to have like two separate types of attractions. So I used whatever wording they did. Um, and I'm like, when did you realize? And that's when their thresholds would come in, you know, like mm. they'd be like, Oh, I made out with a girl and I liked it. So then I started looking at lesbian porn and I liked it even more. And then I started dating women and you know, I didn't want to let go of the guys. So mm-hmm. instead of some people flipped over to lesbian and came back and like, it's, it's just a hot mess. Like, right. so yeah, absolutely. It sounds like it. It is. It's a hot mess, but like people don't want it to be. But, like, the messiest sex is the best. That's what I say. So, like, why are we, like, really trying to tidy things up and put them in these boxes? And right. I do think it's um, to find community. And there are some benefits to having labels, but there are some drawbacks to, as well. So I, I'm curious to know, like, do you feel like you um, – do you feel like you missed out on on 
some of that research by not inc- by not having males up as a part of the the like direct research yes. towards your thesis? Yeah, and I mean, I um, the way I <coughs> the way in which I um, kind of recruited was just through social media, uh, and I was vo- uh, volunteering at the Sexual Health Center as well, the Halifax Sexual Health Center, um, and like like I said, just very quickly got the six, eight women. Uh, they were all cisgendered as well. So I would have loved to have somebody who was genderqueer or trans. That would have been really great. Um, but I did have a variety of ages, which was nice. I really wanted a man. And I kind of like held out and like didn't respond to one of the last people because I was like, I need a dude. But um, when you research qualitative research, women are the talkers. Like right. I, I, it was very implicit that I was going to be talking to people about their sex lives and women are much more likely to volunteer for research as well as be part of qualitative research. So in the design of the research, that's unfortunately what I got. But they were amazing participants. Like mm-hmm. a lot, I still got a breadth of experience because I had folks that were 19 to 45. Mm-hmm. So we're not very old, but still like different lived experience in that way. Do you know, is there anybody out there doing research specifically to this this field of, of bisexuality, uh, specifically to males. Not that I'm aware of. Not that you're aware of. No. Oh man. I'd be be fascinated to know. You, you say that, you know, you have some bisexual friends that you drink with and and talk to them. Is there things that you've pulled out of them that have surprised you or, or, or things that you've learned from those experiences? Well, I have actually, like, I have two very, very close friends that identify as bisexual and they're male. Um, and they, I've actually seen them be actively discriminated against. So, um, and I'm, I'm kind of have like my, my, uh, you know, my eyes open to that because I see it on a regular basis. Discrimination that I face when I out myself as a queer person is much more sexualized, like guys hitting on me or buying me drinks. So it's scary at some points, like some people are pretty forward, but like there's actively like violent people who have attacked my friends um, so that really surprises me, even though we identify in the same way, just because I would say because they are male, they mm. have like a different experience of discrimination. Um, and you witnessed that? Yes. What did that look like? Oh, it was terrifying. We, um, I have one friend who, uh, we were in a rural town at, um, an exhibition and, um, I, we were dancing and singing to old school Destiny's Child. I can't remember. We were just, you know, drinking and having a good time and, um, all I remember is somebody saying something about his earrings and then it was just a group who just kind of came onto him and like, there's, he's with all girls and we're all in this fight. Like, and that's literally what it was. And I've never, and I don't think I'll ever, ever experience something like that in my life just for being, and like he, you know, wasn't being outwardly homosexual or anything. He was right. literally dancing and singing. Right. Um, yeah. So it was like feminine, feminine quality, I guess that brought this out in these males. It wasn't girls that were fighting us. So yeah, it was. um, And then of course we were asked to leave because we were in a rural place and they were like, you know, a city's a better place for you guys. So Mm. it was, it was really disturbing. We, uh, you know, don't go there anymore, obviously. Obviously, Yeah. 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 So um, I looked at that and I learned a lot about that and my privilege as a queer person, like, Oh, I'm a female with privilege, like (laughs) because I'm bisexual and, I have these male friends who people just put them in the gay category because they might be a little more feminine to them um, or whatever it is. And I don't have that problem at all. So, Mm. yeah. Interesting how privilege can change from context to context like that. But um, what is it 
that threatened? What are people so threatened about? I don't fucking know. It makes me really sad because I'm from a small place. I'm from PEI, and um, there's a lot of... uh, um, there's a lot of openness there and a lot of acceptance, but just I'm thinking about the way that I grew up and in the town that I grew up in and the school that I grew up in and how not diverse in any way it was. And there's just a part of me that gets, it's just like a little small flicker of rage when I think about anybody um, responding to a situation in that way. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've, I've faced that bullshit too. And, and, and speaking of PEI, like, Remember in Charlottetown, I was walking down the street and that guy called me a faggot because I was wearing very nice shoes. Uh, (laughs) I I mean, I was looking (laughs) fucking good. Yeah. uh, On my way to the bar. And yeah, like this guy almost just pounded my face in because he thought I was a faggot to him. Um, And it's just like, like, I I don't. I honestly don't. As a male, I don't know what that is. Like the only way that I could describe, the only explanation that I would have is that it, for some fucking weird reason threatens um, like somebody else's. I mean, even just saying it, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? But like somebody else's sexual preference somehow threatens this other person's masculinity or something like that. I don't know. No. And that's what we were saying. Like, how is this affecting you? Like, why are people so stuck on what box you fit in? Like how, even if I was gay, how does that affect your life? Yeah. Unless I'm hitting on you, yeah. you know, like want, and even if I'm hitting on you, I should take no as an answer, you know? Yeah. So it's uh yeah, it's very interesting. I think males get that much more than I ever would. And so as a queer person with this privilege, I out myself, even when I don't have to, I'm in a very mm. heterosexual looking relationship with um, somebody who identifies as heterosexual. And uh, he's very loving and accepting of my sexual orientation and very loving and accepting of the fact that I like to, plaster it everywhere like I literally talk about being queer everywhere I go and I can just to make safe space for people who feel like they're alone in that well that's just Mm. it like exposure is probably the one factor that plays into situations like that is we're exposed and more accepting of women having sexual fluidity than men and so because we don't see it or hear about it as often it's probably it's just like yeah, on PEI, the first time I saw a black person, I was like, I can't look away. Yeah. This is like, I'm drawing attention <laughs> yeah. to something that is not, I shouldn't be, but I'm, I've <laughs> never seen this before yeah. as like a, yeah. you know, 11 year old. Yeah. It no, was, and I mean, coming out should never be at anybody's safety either. So maybe because women feel safer, they see women who can do it. Um, you know, like that's why other more women can come out because they're like, I'm not going to get beat up for yeah. coming out. Whereas guys are still getting called fags when they walk up the street. Yeah, and it's literally not affecting your life. Like, chill, bro, chill. Mm, like, the, yeah. it's it's. Um, but I, I'm I'm hoping for a day that that doesn't matter. And you know, yeah. I mean, at the same time, because for me, it's just over sexualization, and that's why I use the word queer. That's my armor. Like, I'm queer, and guys are like. Oh, I can't picture my threesome when you say that word, you know, so (laughs) that's how I kind of, that's my defense mechanism. But um, yeah, the guys who have any feminine traits or who are holding hands with another guy, like it just puts them in this category that just some people, I'm not going to say all people, I'm in a very accepting group and Halifax is a pretty good spot. It has its people and it has its moments, but um, like all the drag queens, uh, from are from Glace Bay, like Cape Breton. God, right. I love my drag queens, and there's so many of them are from Cape Breton, and they came to Halifax, you know, and they can they're they run this shit. Like yeah. drag mm. queens are 
amazing. I want to have like five of them oh in God. here at the same time. You probably could. <laughs> you could. Absolutely. Yeah. Could. yeah. Yeah. I don't know if their hair would fit in this room. <laughs> Or their butts, their <laughs> yeah. foam butts. That's right. God, they have great asses. Oh, like, how man. do you even make them? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm. I. I would like to throw a cut. So I know that there's there's definitely some people out there listening right now that um, maybe don't know um, what a, a few, like certain terms are that that have been thrown around. Right. So for, for, I mean, for me, sexual fl- fluidity. I, before you walked in that room, if someone said, Jeremy, what does that mean? I would have been like, I have no fucking idea. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And now I do. And I'm like, yes, yeah. I know. Um, what is when you, what is cisgendered? Oh yeah. So a lot of people don't know what cisgendered is because it's so privileged. So, um, cisgendered is when your biological sex and your gender identity match. And so most like the general expectation is that you are cisgendered. So, um, a lot of people will say, so the opposite of transgendered, yes, in a way, that would be it. So um, it's almost like the hetero of gender. You know, it's just what's expected of you, that you, if you have a penis or a vagina, you have a gender identity that matches that biological sex. And yeah, so a lot of people don't know what that means because it's that privileged. Right. Yeah. I have a penis. I identify as a male. That makes me cisgender. You are cisgender, yeah. Uh, okay. What is pansexual? Pansexual generally, um, I think it was developed more out of um, to be more inclusive of trans and gender queer and gender fluid people. So when you say bi, you're really reinforcing that gender binary. Uh, mm. So you're only um, into men and women. Yes, mm-hmm. and like, and I think that bisexual folks had um, some bisexual folks had an issue with that because they're like, I'm not, you know, I'm into people regardless of the junk. So. Um, so the pan pansexuals are more attributed with the kinkier lifestyle as well. I think it has that, uh, not necessarily, but that's kind of the overarching um, mm-hmm. expectation. Someone who is uh, who, who could be turned on by a transgender person, stri- yeah. uh, a male, female, anything in a- between, anything in between, yep. asexual. Ace, I actually hope you guys do an episode on ace. We people. had someone actually email us and said, "I would love to hear you talk to someone who's asexual. I'm asexual." I want that person who emailed us to come on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll we'll get them in. But yes, I do too. I'm I'm I'd be fast. Yeah. I'd be glad to have someone. So in. asexual or ace, a lot of folks will identify as ace. Huh. Um, they uh, those are people who don't necessarily need sexual relations in their relationships. They are more romantic. They they can cuddle or they can have any. They might even have oral sex, but they might not want sex. It's not necessary to their relationships. It's not something they seek out. Um, but they can also, they can engage in sex. They certainly can. Um, but it's not necessarily like for for a lot of us, like we are dating people that we want to have sex with. Mm -hmm. That's not like the MO of somebody who's ace. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people who hear asexual think, um, like, oh, that person just can't have sex, like, like for some physiological reason cannot have sex. No, it's more, it's a mental state. It's Mm -hmm. like something they don't, you know, they don't need. To have, but they can. Like, I want. I, I believe that there's a lot of um, misconceptions around the fact that they never do, mm-hmm. um, and that's completely individual. Again, it's always, it's never cut and dry. I feel like I've been through phases of my life yeah. where that has been the case, where I'm just not interested. I don't masturbate. I'm just like, Meh, you know what that is, Bride? A dry Sexual spell? fluidity. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, folks. There it is. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so I do hope that you can get an ace person. Yeah, I would here. love that. Yeah, because I can't speak to it. I'm very sexual. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Me too. Uh, I want to talk about that. Like, well, I'm just like, we've talked, we've, we've given, we talked about like a lot of labels. And I think yeah. for some people, it's really important um, to have a label because it helps them. Uh, find community, which I'd never heard before, but that makes so much sense to me. But um, I am interested in the problems created by identifying like the woman who, who identified and fought the good fight for um, gay rights. And then was like, Oh, how do I, the inner turmoil of having backsies. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And just maybe the trouble with um, like, I identifying so, Fastidiously, um, Jesus, nice what, where word. did you fucking pull that out of the word of the day calendar today? Uh, what is uh, that? Boy, I woke up new, next to you this morning, used that word, and I was like, I'm gonna steal that word. What's the word? Say it again, fastidious. What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I think it means like hard and fast, like, oh, like okay. ho- holding strong to. I'm gonna, well, I can't Google it. It's so good. I, I like my, it. I like it. I don't I like my, it as well. I love a good word. So, okay. So you want to, I'm probably using that word so wrong. Someone's at home just uh, being like, I'm writing an email. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. I okay. always want that. I love having my grammar, uh, corrected. Fastidiously, um, showing or acting with careful attention to detail, a fastidious scholar. Yeah. Fastidious. I'm a gold star gay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. You can be a gold star gay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so there are definitely benefits <laughs> to uh, labels as well. So I don't want to knock labels for um, for everybody uh, because, yeah, they. I, for me personally, I remember seeing the word bisexual, just seeing it for the first time because I'm from a small town as well. Um, and, like, my sexual orientation is not something that I – like I will flaunt it anywhere, but I think if I was living there, I would have been much more um, prudent about you know what I was saying and who I was saying it to. Um, of course, I've been on the news since then, and I've gone to the Tim Hortons, and the ladies have been like, "Oh, I saw you on the news," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I bet you did," and I bet you talk about it over your tea too. Like, yeah, so I mean, it's you know where you come from definitely has a, and the safety role and that sort of thing. Um, but the label for me, like when I found the word bisexual and it like, just, I don't know, it clicked in my body. Like, yeah. I remember being like, damn, yeah. I didn't know people could do this because I was, I've been boy crazy. My, like, since I, I don't know, since I was five, I remember kissing boys under the desk and like, I loved boys. I loved, loved, loved boys. Me too. Yeah. I loved them. I still but I do. Also, yeah. Still, and I still do. And that's the thing. So when I started to have these feelings for women, these sexual feelings, which started early, but um, I was able to like be like, oh well, girls are hot. Like we're allowed to say that. Like girl girlfriends are allowed to be like, you're so pretty, but guys can't do that again. Mm. Like that huh. privilege. Like if you were like, you know, eleven, and you were like, hey, you're pretty hot. Like, how do you think your guy? Friend? Oh my god, are you yeah. kidding me? I'd never hear the. I literally would never hear the end of yes, it. Yes, and exactly. then that would be the end of that friendship. Yes, exactly. So I had girlfriends that I thought were beautiful, and I mm-hmm. could tell them all the time, and I didn't think anything of it at the at that time. So. When I finally, you know, this was in my third year university, um, I was actually on, I have a mental illness as well. So I was on uh, Ciprolex. I was on a particular, I'm, this, I'm not putting a plug in for uh, antidepressants. So you want to come <laughs> on Sick Boy? Let's do a little Sick like, Boy <laughs> recording after this. Well, I, I had, it was my third t- like type of antidepressant. It worked very well for mm. me. Um, I was experiencing a lot of anxiety in my undergrad. 
And I remember taking this particular SSRI, SNRI actually, technically, and um, things just shut up in my head. And um, the girl that I had, you know, like thoughts for, feelings for, it just kind of like, I was like, I would date her. And it wasn't until like the anxiety in my like head and my body settled down that I actually came to terms with this. And um, I had a, a long-term partner at the time and I was like, how do I tell him? So I mm. needed a word for that. So that label was very helpful in that because, um, and, and maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't because as soon as I said it, it was like a shit show and we didn't last much longer after that. Mm. It was very unfortunate because um, it wasn't a serious thing. I didn't want to break up with him for this person. I was just like, if I was single, I just want you to know that this is a new thing for me. And um, I'm very communicative in all my relationships, my poor partners, <laughs> my poor partners. So um, I was just very straight up and I used that word and it was not a good time for me. So for me, though, I needed to hold on to that because and was, I was the word queer. No. I used bisexual, bisexual. at first. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I used bisexual at first. And um, yeah, so we broke up shortly after. And then I was looking for this invisible bisexual community. Um, and there is a sociological concept of invisible communities, which is very much attributed to the gay community. It's like a community is generally a physical, kind of more of a physical entity where you can actually meet all the members and you have like church together and you know you see them on a regular basis whereas the gay community is much more of it's not a like it's not a real thing like it's not a place you can go yeah to find them yeah it's an invisible community so i was looking for this bisexual community um especially early on because i was very vocal um i came out to my parents shortly after i came out to my boyfriend or my mom my dad was actually the very last person and that was like a year later so that's a whole other story um but um you know and i was getting this flack especially because people didn't know what it meant like they were like so you're a lesbian and i'm like no and as soon as like my mom heard I was bisexual, she's like, you're not going to have babies. Oh my God. <laughs> and again, like there's, there's so much layering and messaging yeah. around that. Right. So, um, so for me, I really wanted it to be clear that I still had feelings for dudes. I still had feelings for females. And for me, bisexual was the only term that made sense. Um, it wasn't until later that I started internet dating and meeting like trans folks and genderqueer folks that I was like, oh, I have to be much more inclusive in terms of my attraction. So that's when queer came about. Um, so there is definitely some, you know, affinity in having a word that makes sense for you when it clicks and you can meet other people who identify that way. So it's kind of like, you know, a little club. Like I do have bisexual friends, you know, now that I have gone on Facebook and made a status or whatever it is that I, you know, that I do to out myself on a regular basis. Um, so using those words, you can find other people who are like, oh, uh, you know, that clicks for me too. So there is some benefit. Um, but there's much more fluid labels as well. So that's mm. why queer is so good. Like when I started being attracted to anybody and I was like, I can work with whatever you got. I can't work with a racist or a bigot or like anything like that. Yeah. But whatever you got in your pants, I can deal with. So <laughs> like I can make that. So why label. not use pansexual then? Uh, I just, it's a mouthful, I guess. Yeah. And queer, like um, queer is a derogatory term historically as well, right? Yeah. So like people were queer and then pe folks started to use it against the queer community. Um, and there is now like a wave of queer folks who are taking it back. And so I think I like the shock value a little bit in that. So mm. when I use it, um, people are like, well, isn't that a bad thing? And then it forces the conversation. Like I can't have a lot of these conversations, these sexual conversations with people. I do. Cause I'm a weirdo and I'm yeah. very open about it. Yeah. Um, and I can be over a dinner table being like, yeah, I'm queer. So what's up? Like, you want to talk about it? But, um, 
a lot of people don't do that or find that appropriate. So I just, you know, that's cool with me. So I, I like that fluidity and I still like using that word. Um, and now when I say queer community, like that is a much broader spectrum of people. Again, still an invisible community includes transgendered people. So it has, you know, who could identify as heterosexual. So it doesn't necessarily have to do with their sexual orientation or even polyamorous people who aren't living a monogamous lifestyle. Like a lot of people can throw themselves in that, in that community. And I think it's more of an open-minded sexual community instead Mm. of just like a bisexual. I love, I love the word queer because, and probably it, when it got turned against people who are identifying that way, it's because the, it, I mean, if you look it up in the dictionary, I think there's an archaic definition or maybe, maybe not archaic that mm-hmm. it's, it means strange or unusual, yeah, different. right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. in that way, I love it because it can include all the kinksters and all the like yeah. people who have, you know, the different, yeah, different interests in polyamory as well. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, those are the people I want to hang with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> those yeah. are the cool people to hang with. Yeah. So. Queer, uh, adject- adjective, um, Strange or odd, and as a verb, spoil or ruin. Jesus, <laughs> that's awful. Well, I mean, it's odd uh, outside of the hetero that's expectation. Right. That's like, right. The only people who have to come out are those who are not hetero, right? Like hetero people are not coming out, <laughs> so yeah. because it's expected of us yeah. as humans in in especially in North America. I like can't speak to other cultures, um, but you know, definitely in Nova Scotia, conservative Nova Scotia, you're probably hetero. Mm. Yeah. I love this conversation. Honestly, I think this might be one of the most important conversations we've ever had on the podcast in its short life so far. Um, I think that this is, I hope a lot of people are listening to this with really fucking open ears, like listening so fastidiously. (laughs) Did I nail it? Yeah, you did. Fuck yeah. I said it wrong. You said it right. (laughs) Close attention. Yeah. Um, I love it. Want to be queer, babe? I feel like I am now more than ever. I know. Awesome. I know, me too. Join the community. <laughs> the invisible, the invisible community. community. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much yeah, for coming for in me. and chatting with us. Well, thanks for having this podcast because it's rock and socks. Yeah. It's, I'm having a real good time with it me and too. learning a buttload. And I feel like uh, all you listening along are learning along with us. And I'm really excited about that. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. And we would really appreciate it if you took a moment to go over to iTunes and give us a rating and a review. And I don't, I say that every single episode, but I do not say it lightly because it really does make a difference for us in terms of, um, where we land on the, on the iTunes charts. It's like the billboard charts for, of music for podcasts, really. And, um, you know, when those like the top 10 billboard chart number songs are there. Everybody knows those songs. Well, the higher we go on that list, the more people get to hear really fascinating conversations like the one you just heard. So uh, go over, do that. Um, All you need is an Apple ID. And we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We may or may not be on Instagram. I don't know. Go check it out. Got shut down (laughs) today. Got shut down. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Um, uh, That's it for today. Until next week. Go fuck yourself.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.